Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before. All the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, selfishness, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. The right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. Of life. I want to note two forms of life. A former way of life that is supported by the old man, and there's a new way of life that is supported by the new man. The former way of life supported by the old man. We have the Old Testament. And we have the new form of life supported by the new man. We have the New Testament, the Old Testament and New Testament. Typically, people say we live in the era of the New Testament. Why? Because we live after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today is 2023, at A.D., after death after the death and resurrection of Christ, and all agree with this, Christians, Jews, people of the Islamic faith, Buddhist faith, Satanists, everybody ag agrees with this. It's 2023, and all know that this is after the death and resurrection of Christ. Atheists also agree with that. They know there is uh, the letters B.C. before Christ. And 
And so they say we live in the era of the New Testament because we live after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you know that today it's rare that anyone live in the New, in the New Testament. The church for the most part lives per the principles of the world that was before the flood because the world before the flood the men of God mixed with went in to the daughters of of men and daughters of the world and even looking at Cain when he rebelled against God and began to dedicate uh, himself by trying to earn his salvation today for the most part the religious world lives in the Old Testament what's interesting is that in the Old Testament it's written there are people who did obtain favor before God because they lived with the principles of the New Testament living in the Old but today all people who live in the so-called New Era New Testament rarely who lives according to the standards of the New Testament and to determine whether you live according to the world of the world that was prior to the flood or in the era of the New Testament if you live in the former way where the old man supports this way the world that how it was before the flood that needs to be condemned but if I am clothed into the new way of life which is the new man then I live in the era of the New Testament and so it, the way in which I live will determine whether I live in the era of the New Testament or I continue to live with the others in the era of the Old Testament because the old man he has uh, he has a connection to the Old Testament as the new man with the New Testament the Old Testament is valuable it's valuable because Jesus when he came he was born according to the law and he died according to the law showing the value of the law of Moses and with the teaching he destroyed the handwriting of requirements against us what was the teaching of Jesus Christ it's demonstrated in the themes that Pastor Arkady has been giving us we need to cast off our old me- our former way of life our old man and all of this doesn't mean we discredit the law of Moses the law of Moses is the holiness of God that needs to be satisfied by pouring out vengeance upon the wicked and so Jesus came and said I will do this by teaching and by teaching meaning in you there are two different people who live two different men one God loves one God hates and I will not be able to eliminate the wrath of uh, the wrath of God uh, unless we focus this wrath of God upon the old man the teaching of Christ is unique in that it bears we're born from above when we're born from above we make we then have a choice to either represent the kingdom of the old man or the kingdom of the new man and if you choose the new man that's wonderful 
Allow me now to pour out all the wrath upon the kingdom of darkness. For God to pour out this wrath upon the kingdom of darkness in our mind, in our in our hearts, in our body. And so the teaching of Jesus Christ, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit to show us inside of us there are two people were born from above and no one will avoid God's judgment it's just one will receive judgment and the other will become judges we have the choice to sit together with Christ upon the throne when the white throne will appear and his church in, will be in him or will be those before the throne who were saved in the blink of an eye those who are condemned to hell those that he said turn away from me I never knew you we make a choice today and all depends on the uh, form of life that we choose and either it be the new way of life supported by the new man or the old way of life supported by the old man to fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in this series of sermons of Apostle Arkady we need to put three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental acts into practice these are put off, be renewed and put on we have when we know who we need to put off we need to know who this is that we need to put off this is the old man and the old man being supported by devil and Satan and we need to then renew something what do we need to renew our mind with the spirit of our mind and after that put on something so that the one that we put on we can then live according to the new person, the new man. Put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three requirements, these are requirements, will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Again, salvation given to us in the form of a seed so that we can obtain it as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Why does the Lord give salvation in the form of a seed? A seed because the seed needs to be sown. And when we sow the seed, we lose our former way of life. When the old man dies, and the old man by himself won't die, it is a spiritual essence these are codes and formula from which he is made. He can't be destroyed. He can be destroyed with something else and the something else with, and that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gave us three baptisms, baptism of water, Holy Spirit and fire so that in him, in Jesus Christ can perform judgment against the old man. And so the seed or salvation we receive in the format of the seed is so we can sow it and in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ we can lose our former way of life the old man so we can then reobtain him in the fruit uh, in a new form uh, our, ourselves our bodies 
into a new form, into a new with a new uh, person, and the new way of life. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David. We're getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of these names to battle against the enemies of David. And these enemies, of course, is the old man and the former way of life. And death as well, because the old man, he exists. And in him is death. As the old man, he does not live. You can only apply that to the new man. People on earth, for example, they they don't live, they, they exist. They satisfy themselves, they have goals, they die, new... Uh, New people are born, have the same exact goals, useless, uh, foolish goals that they place, and this continues to repeat its cycle, and people don't really live, they just exist. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. And so here we see eight names of God. Together let us proclaim them. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear the confessions of our heart, and may he make us worthy of these wonderful names. Therefore, considering that in a specific format, as much as God has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, in the form of the virtue of four names of God, strength, rock, fortress, and deliver. We will immediately begin studying our inherited lot in Jesus Christ, studying the name of God, Rock, in whom I trust. In Hebrew, the identification of the name of God, Rock, or Rock of Israel in this case, contains these kinds of uh, definitions or meanings. And so a rock of Israel is a sharp edge of a cliff, a stone, a stone defense, covering the shadow of a cliff, victorious, elephant tusk, elephant, elephant ivory, eternal governance, the promise of imperishable food, and the rock of Israel is the comfort of peace. These are the interesting meanings and before we continue to study the qualities, we will see the beautiful examples, principles that God shows. In the given prayer psalm of David, we see that the name of God, Rock of Israel, contains the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom we, we together, by collaborating with the power contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and increase our salvation 
which consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. The name of God, Rock, Lord. And when the Lord hears this, Rock of Israel, then this means, Lord, we want to keep and expand in you. So we want to increase our salvation. We want to keep it and increase our salvation. And so that means that God is unchanging in his word. In the uh, in the name of God's strength, if you remember, he is unchanging in his word and we magnify his word uh, above all his name. And so then looking at the Lord, you are my rock. And so I'm trying to build up to what where we are today as the rock of Israel or the one in whom we trust. And so the rock, uh, so the word that we've now magnified, we want to now, uh, we want this word to judge us inside. And these have become weights and scales in the form of commandments, statutes, and we begin to weigh ourselves and measure ourselves, not looking at each other, but uh, using the word of God, Jesus Christ. The scriptures say it's foolish to try to uh, weigh yourself uh, with yourself or with another by uh, the only one maybe is one who is a messenger of God. Looking at Abraham, he's a great example. Uh, When the Lord places his apostles, but that we not compare our success with God, our uh, our spiritual relationship with God, by just comparing ourselves with one another. That's not the way to do it. And so we do this to cleanse ourselves from the flesh of the filth of the flesh and spirit. And this is so we can then uh, approach God then in his name fortress and receive the word of God into our spirit and be fertilized with that with that word, uh, fertilized from, with the seed of the kingdom of heaven and then the Lord is our deliverer. He will deliver us then from all of our uh, all of our suffering and all of our uh, enemies. And now I have the ability, in the name of God, Rock of Israel, to uh, increase to keep and increase our salvation. And so when you say, Lord, you are my deliverer in the name of Methuselah, then the Lord can increase something for you, can show you something. And so to uh, increase something for you, he he elevates you like an eagle. He puts you upon this rock as a cliff, and the eagle lives upon this cliff, and from this cliff, the scriptures say he could see far, and from this cliff, he looks for food. For this promise that the Lord has put into us when he has opened for us the uh, power contained in the name Deliverer, now he wants to orient us to the rock in the form of this cliff so that we can keep our promise, the promise that he's given to us. And to be able to keep it, 
we need to it needs to constantly increase in us in its territory needs to uh, you need to continually uh, expand in your territory it needs to increase in us Enoch bore Methuselah and he walked then before God 300 more years when he bore Methuselah Enoch and that promise that he received at the birth of Methuselah and he put this promise the meaning of this promise, the significance of it in the name of his son, Methuselah. And so then death had no power over him, and he living went to the Lord. And so this promise uh, that we have revealed and understanding the Lord as our deliverer, and he will deliver us from death in Jesus Christ. We need to keep this promise by increasing it and to be able to do this. He needs to place us upon this cliff so we could see far our our inheritance in Jesus Christ. And so the name of God, Rock and Man, Rock of Israel in this case. And so all of the names are all linked together and connected as we, as we see uh, very clearly. And so for this purpose, just as we studied our lot in the previous names of God, called to be a lot of our salvation, we have the necessity to study the following series of questions. What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What purpose in the realization of our salvation is our inherited lot called to fulfill consisted in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What price do we need to pay to give or provide God with the ability, legitimate ability, to be our Rock of Israel? And fourth, by what results do we determine that God is truly our Rock of Israel as it relates to the realization of our calling? We need to keep in mind that if we decide to study our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, as something separate from the faith of our heart and the confession of our mouth, then we will immediately be going in the wrong direction. Because God in all of His powerful and unchanging names is the lot of inheritance exclusively within the boundaries of the spirit, soul, and body. And so if He, within His boundaries, spirit, soul, and body, He does this, He works within these areas because he wants to save the spirit, soul, and body, and to save our spirit, soul, and body, it is necessary for the Lord to make our spirit, soul, and body his inherited lot, pay with the blood of his son for our spirit, soul, and body, and then use our spirit, soul, and body to take his lot. And so God can't save our spirit. I can't I can't save our our mortal bo- soul and our corrupt body again you can't approach and understand the powers of this name it's important to confess with our mouth you need to have faith within your heart within your spirit and confess it with your mouth and it's talking about our body that confesses the word 
that the soul has passed on to the body because first it falls into the spirit as we know as our heart in the form of format of faith that then becomes the preached word in our heart that is in the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ is the teaching of Jesus Christ that is within my heart and with this mind of Christ that is wisdom in my heart I begin with this to renew my mind uh, renew my soul so that I have the same mind as that which is in my spirit which is the mind of Christ the apostles say we have the mind of Christ with this they're saying that we have something to offer you pass something on to you we have wisdom in the form of the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh that we need to pass on to you we need to pass on this wisdom to your heart and so we receive the mind of Christ it comes into our heart with it we renew our mind and then our lips begin to confess the faith of our heart and so in this way our spirit soul and body are taking part in the salvation process and without the participation of our soul and body we confess with our mouth with our gentle mouth without this we will not be able to save ourselves with the heart you believe unto salvation and if you don't confess then you don't have righteousness and you won't be able to be saved to receive the fullness of salvation you need to utilize all three areas your spirit soul and body and people ask the question why in the church looking globally there's so few students that means that there are few who are saved Jesus was asked are there a few who are saved they asked that Jesus the disciples did are there a few who who are saved and first question let's look at that first question today the characteristics and categories identifying our inherited lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel and we'll look at two main uh, lots that will help us understand this name first first lot in the name of God rock of Israel within the heart of a student of Christ is identified by righteousness ruling in the fear of the Lord when we say Lord you are my rock of Israel then we speak of the fear of the Lord that can only be in the state of a heart where the where righteousness is present second Samuel 23 1 through 3 now these are the last words of David when a person speaks his last words before on his deathbed all uh, uh, people gather around and they it's more valuable than gold often now these are the last words of David Thus says David, the son of Jesse, thus says the man raised up on high, because he was on this cliff, the anointed of, of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me, He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God.
let's pay attention to what's written here. First, the phrase, His word was on my tongue, the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. This confession contains and is identified in the inherited lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel. Only a person who collaborates with the name of God, Lord, you are my Rock of Israel, in Him, the Holy Spirit can say, because He said of me that I am the Rock of Israel, in our heart, the Lord speaks in the form of this Rock of Israel. In the second, the given confession, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, living in the heart of David in the status of the Lord and Master of his life, is the fruit of righteousness grown in his spirit, identifying the faith of God that abides in his heart. In what way the second, uh, the second identification or identifying factor It's when we have the fruit of righteousness, not when we have justification. When we are just have justification, the rock of Israel does not speak. He, as the intercessor, speaks before God, but David was in his last day. He was at his, la- at his last moments, his last days, and David said that in me, the Spirit of God spoke, the rock of Israel. This happens when you have the fruit of righteousness and it's because you have the faith of God in your heart. Third, the fruit of righteousness, confessing the faith of God, revealing in the heart of David the power of the inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel. It rules in the heart within the boundaries of the fear of the Lord. You see how pastor shows in what way you hear you will hear the Lord Rock of Israel in your spirit. The Lord needs to speak from the position of the fruit of righteousness in our spirit when we have this fruit of righteousness. And He speaks in our heart from the position of the Spirit and within the boundaries of the fear of the Lord. The boundary of the fear of the Lord is identified by the Word of God coming from the mouth of God. These are God's commandments, which are the wisdom of God, and also his justice. The commandments of God, in this case, because David spoke these words, this is the fear of the Lord that was in his heart. The fear of the Lord in fulfilling God's commandments, identifying God's justice, opens up the doors to the unsearchable inheritance of Christ and, in part, the power of the inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Sixth, the the inherited lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is focused upon primarily here the fear of the Lord and the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ and make us perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And the seventh is that it is an example of prayer when one of the components of our inheritance or the lot of our inheritance in the name of God, Rock of Israel, reveals another lot our inherited lot, a component of our inherited lot, which is also the name of God, fear, or the fear of the Lord. 
And if you look at these seven uh, things that our pastor brings forth, explanations of these, of these names of God, he shows here how God would be able to speak in our heart. Just as David said, the Spirit of the Lord spoke in me. What is the Spirit of the Lord that spoke of me and in me, Rock of Israel, spoke? And so these seven were shown how important it is that this rock of Israel would be able to speak in us. We need to confess the word of God, which is the fruit of righteousness. And the fruit of righteousness, we find it within the boundaries of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is found in the commandment of the Lord, and the commandment of the Lord opens the door so that God, the rock of Israel, would be able to speak in us and through us. How important it is to see the combination of these names, God, who is the rock of Israel, and the Lord, who is the fear, or fear of the Lord in this case. And all of this is, is within the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord. And so if a person can speak a lot and can speak many things about the Word of God and and he memorized a lot of places of Scripture and can recite them, can, can say a lot of these things, uh, and people are surprised how well this person can speak. This is not what it's referring to here. It's having the fear of the Lord is what it's referring to, not just memorized places of Scripture. And having the fear of the Lord, we then have the right to use the name Lord, who is the Rock of Israel. The Lord is exalted, for He dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. And so if the fear of the Lord is called treasure here of a Christian person. If a person does not have the fear of the Lord in his heart, which contains and helps fulfill all of the commandments of God, which also identifies the elementary teaching of Christ and the Holy Spirit, revealing the meaning of the teaching of Christ in every specific commandment that we learn, then if we don't have this fear of the Lord, then he will not be able to it will not be able to take part in our inherited lot and we will not be able to take part in the inherited lot that is contained in the name rock of Israel Isaiah 11:3 his delight is in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears And this was necessary for the Son of God because the Son of God had become the Son of Man. And when he was, when demons told him, well, you're the Son of God, he said, I am the Son of Man. What does this mean? He said, I will fight with you as all the saints will fight with you 
that will receive me. But they say, no, you're spiritual. You're the son of God. He said, I am the son of man and I will rebuke you and I will but and I will uh, deal with you accordingly just as any other Christian person would deal with you and so he showed this example to us in his life and he had and and he had this fear of the Lord which we need to be filled with this fear of the Lord we need to note that the fear of the Lord in our heart is one of the virtues and qualities that literally depends upon uh, uh, our future, our present and future depends upon. This fear of the Lord is our, what our present and future depends upon. And being fi- uh, filled with the fear of the Lord in Hebrew means to be led by the fear of the Lord, to be dependent upon the fear of the Lord, tie yourself to the fear of the Lord, act within the fear of the Lord, live by the fear of the Lord, rejoice in the fear of the Lord, Worship in the fear of the Lord. And so pastor here says that to be led by the fear of the Lord is very uh, very close to the term as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the fear of the Lord depends on the Word of God, just as the Word of God being filled with the fear of the Lord and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you need the Word of God and you can judge how you're being filled with the Spirit by how you're being filled with the fear of the Lord. To be being filled with, with the Spirit doesn't mean you need to shout out loud in tongues uh, so others may see oh, how 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 spiritual this person is. He's not spiritual because this person has no fear of the Lord. This is a person who is religious and and is is a sinner and even maybe criminal. The fact that he's shouting out loud doesn't mean he's filled with the Holy Spirit because being filled with the fear of the Lord is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit can be determined again by having the fear of the Lord. In nature, the fear of the Lord absolutely does not compare to the fear of man because the fear of man deprives a person of the ability to think clearly and to judge anything clearly. Pastor shows uh, the comparison. The fear of man it deprives us of sober thinking. How do you determine whether a person's afraid? He stops knowing what to do. He freezes. He doesn't know what to do. His mind doesn't allow him to uh, clearly make any kind of choices or decisions. At the same time, the fear of the Lord gives a person wisdom and power to judge and to fulfill the judgments of the Lord and these are the judgments that the Lord has spoken and he has concealed in his word and 
apart from the fear of the Lord and the fear of man, there's also a, f- a demonic uh, fear that exists as well, which is a demonic faith. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you not? But do you want to know, a foolish man, that faith without works is dead? James 2, 19, 20. A demonic fe- uh, fear can... be imposed upon a person uh, and it only is inspired by the power of the fear of the Lord. And so when religious people see the holiness of the Lord, they are afraid they are angry and again this uh, demonic fear it again uh, it is prompted by uh, uh, the power that the fear of the Lord uh, brings in other words that they see this fear of the Lord and it inspires in them this fear a demonic fear and so again it's not uh, a, uh, a human fear but a demonic fear that is in carnal men, men who have not lost uh, their soul. They have this regular human fear, but they also have a demonic fear that when they see this anointing, the wisdom of God, they just run away. And has and Pastor has uh, given us many examples, even when he was very young. young and And so even when he would go visit someone uh, and uh, speak the word, they would ask uh, him to go first. And after he spoke, nobody wanted to speak after him. People who were called archbishops, and they uh, tried to avoid then speaking after him on the stage. And, and it was because he had the wisdom and power of the Holy Spirit, uh, Pastor did. And, but these had nothing, and they had this demonic fear. Demonic fear, when he sees authority and anointing uh, that is truly God's, and he runs from it, he's afraid of it. And so they would avoid then speaking so others may not notice uh, this. And so the church where Pastor again served, uh, Pastor was then, they then uh, tried to put him last. Uh, Pastor, when he would pre- preach, he would always finish. They would uh, conclude, he would conclude the service uh, because nobody ever wanted to preach after him because they wanted people to uh, he wanted. They wanted people to stay in the church and sit in the church because as soon as pastor would speak, half the church would leave. And so let's continue to look at the labors of pastor. We uh, somewhat understood now uh, the the fear, demonic fear. According accordingly, so all of these uh, qualities and virtues that the children of God have coming these qualities that come from God the fear of the Lord is first of all 
one of the names of God Himself. The fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is a treasury that contains the promise of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Isaiah 8.13, The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow, let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And so the Lord of hosts is the Lord of the armies of heaven. Genesis 31.42 Jacob speaks to Laban, Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. We see that Jacob Abraham also had the fear of Isaac and also was in Jacob. He just showed how this torch of the name of God, fear, he is our fear, uh, it passes on from the father to the son, from the teacher to the student. And there's nothing in God you can just take like that. Some say, well, I take this promise how is it you just take this promise? What, you go into a bank and just say, uh, give me the cash and put it on the table from the bank it's itself. Just give me all the cash you have. You can't do that. To be able to take from the account, it needs to be on your own account, a specific amount. And for this, you need to be a student. You can't just take from God. You need to receive it. And he gives the word and he gives it to our spirit. Our spirit then gives to our soul and our soul to our body. And our mouth begins to uh, confess the words of God. And again, it's passed on this... this fear of the Lord from a father to son or from teacher to student. And so we also note that it's in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. We baptize, as we know, in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. In this way, we see, we show that everything that we have, it was in the Father first, then it get, was given to the Holy Spirit, and from, or, or to the Son, and then the Son had given it to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit then to us, revealed it in, his, in the Word and explained it in the Word, in the truth, by His messengers. And so we can't take from God again, we can receive from God in the fear of the Lord that uh, pastors talking about here we can't just again take it we have to receive it the fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man and the lot of the name of God rock of Israel is God who is a, a house for his nation and he assembles kings and he troubles them and as the Lord is the rock of Israel, he, he is our fear. 
And who does he make afraid within our own essence? Psalm 48, 3-6. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. For behold, the kings assembled. They passed by together. They sawed and they, and, and they so marveled. They were troubled. They hastened away. Fear took hold of them there and pain as of a woman in birth pangs. And so this happened when the Lord was in her pal God was in her palaces, it says. And so what palaces? The palaces of our heart and the palaces of our mind. In our heart as wisdom and our mind as knowledge. Further, we continue talking about the fear of the Lord. And in the fear of the Lord, we are revealing the power of the name of God, Lord, Rock, uh, who is the Rock of Israel. The fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is the beginning of wisdom and knowing the Lord by receiving his understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, Psalm 9.10. And so, wisdom is demonstrated in the fear of the Lord and understanding is in knowledge and understand understanding is a knowledge by receiving this knowledge and so having this fear of the Lord in our heart we have this wisdom the fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man and the lot of the name of God rock of Israel has a transcendent purity that is eternal and reflects itself in truth and righteousness. Psalm 19.9 The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And so this purity and cleanness can only be in a righteous person. And a righteous person is not just a justified person. A righteous person is always justified, but a justified is not always righteous. Because when a person is justified, he's still carnal. His thoughts, his words, his actions are saturated with death and sin. And so the fear of the Lord, it says, is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It's in one who has grown the fruits of righteousness and not just one who has received the seeds. To receive the seeds is good, but you need to sow yourself to die for your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires. This is what we lose with the seed. And so look at what's happening today. How many people who have filled the churches have not died for their nation? Why? Do we not leave our nation? And why do people have willingness to have this nationalism, this kind of uh, Nazism, this kind of fascism? They receive salvation in the form of the seed, but they did not invest it. They lost their salvation because the salvation they received in the form of a seed, it, it needs to be sown into the ground. And when it's sown into the ground, we will die for our nation, the house of our father and our corrupt desires. 
This means I've saved my soul. It's unfortunate that people choose to take this route uh, of refusing to sow the seed. The fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is in the ways of the Lord that are strength for the upright and destruction to the workers of iniquity. Proverbs 10.29 The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. For one person, the fear of the Lord will establish them, and for the other, the fear of the Lord will scare them. We have chosen the destiny where the fear of the Lord will establish us in the righteousness of Christ, and to another, the fear of the Lord scares them because it's a, they have a demonic faith. We continue speaking of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is the wellspring of life called to turn us away from the snares of death. Proverbs 14.27 The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Why does the fear of the Lord turn us away from the snares of death because we're in the commandments of the Lord, the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord, and so then the fear of the Lord will keep us from death. We've caught ourselves in other snares, snares of the kingdom of heaven. The fear of the Lord, making itself known in the heart of man and the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is identified in the treasure of stability of times. Isaiah 33, 6, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is his treasure. The fear of the Lord, identified by stability of your times, <clears throat> contains a fullness of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge of God. You will have, then, a fullness of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. And so in the times that we live today, and times uh, where people actually arm themselves and look for other ways of protection, and this is not a problem, there's nothing wrong with this. But the scriptures say that the stability of times, they're needed. And they come when there's a fullness of salvation, knowledge, and wisdom of God. And so when we have salvation, we have a fullness of salvation, knowledge, and wisdom of God. This is the best armor. Because when you have uh, true weaponry, you, you may provoke the enemy. Sometimes you do need them. Of course, no one wants a situation where you have to utilize, say, a gun. And so you say, Lord, I want to have your knowledge and your wisdom and your salvation. The fear of the Lord, identified by stability of our times,
is important. The fear of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man and the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel. In Acts 24-25, it's written now, As he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. He said, When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Apostle Paul was a wealthy man. He had a thousand churches. They sponsored him and helped him. And he knew that this person had an entire empire, as you may say, and he wanted money, and Apostle Paul did not give him money. He gave, he talked to him about righteousness, self-control, and he was afraid, and he didn't want to hear him anymore. And so that's how Apostle Paul behaved with him. The fear of the Lord, making itself known in the heart of man, and a lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is a demonstration of the perfect love, agape, uh, the perfect love of God, agape, that drives away fear, the fear of man. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The fear of man is distrust and a resistance of the will of God, and it is founded upon disobedience of the commandments of God. The fear of, of the Lord making itself known in the heart of man and the lot of the name of God of it, Rock of Israel is trust in a good conscience. Second Corinthians 5.11 Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and also trust, We and I also trust, and are and well known in, in the consciousness. The fear of the Lord making itself known in the in the heart of man, in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel. It destroys the foundations of Satan in the mind of men who are convinced in false doctrines and teachings. And so it's correction first. First Timothy 5.20, those who are sinners rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. And so the fear of the Lord is when we're corrected. And this is condemnation. Second Corinthians ten four, five and six. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Here, it talks about how to apply the fear of the Lord. First, you need to correct before all men so that others may have fear as well. And be an example then after that. Be ready to condemn all disobedience when our own obedience is sure. When we're obedient to the word of God, then we in this way begin to condemn all disobedience. And of course, in the situation with parents, they have to punish their children. And of course, we're talking about reasonably. And so you begin everything with words, of course, when you try to correct and discipline. And of course, uh, 
discipline always, always should happen early in early stages and then you won't there won't be uh, certain things necessary later in life because if you're spanking them you need to understand that when you're spanking your son or daughter And so when you punish your son, uh, you need to understand that you're punishing yourself. Because where do you when you come to the uh, decision to need to punish with a belt, uh, w uh, because you have to understand what, where, uh, why did it come uh, to the situation where you needed to punish with a belt? Because uh, there was some... Uh, an example, maybe I wasn't a good example in certain situations, may maybe that a child learned something the wrong way. Uh, we need to consider these things as well in the pun in when determining what to punish. And let's look at the purpose of the fear of the Lord. The purpose of the fear of the Lord in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, when establishing the judgments of the of God, allows us to be discerning and careful. Second Chronicles 19.7 Now therefore let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no partiality nor taking of bribes. In the given situation, establishing God's judgments can't be possible without having or being filled with the fear of the Lord. And for this we need to take care, we need to be careful, uh, we need to do everything correctly and carefully. The purpose of the fear of the Lord and the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is called to keep us from envy, being envious of others who are, may be successful. Proverbs 23, 17, 18. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day, for surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off. Proverbs 24, 19 through 22. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked, for there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change, for their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin those two can bring. <laughs> and so an evil person he does not have uh, a future, the righteous has a future because he has the fear of the Lord and so this is the purpose of the fear of the Lord is to give us a future and take it from the wicked and the final purpose of the fear of the Lord in, in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel is called to make us able to uh, avoid sin Exodus twenty twenty, and Moses said to the people do not fear for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin the fear of the Lord is the grace of God that is in the symbols of the law of Moses. To walk in the fear of the Lord is to walk in the law of the grace of God by faith and in faith, which is independent of the law of Moses. I say 33.6. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. This is a very interesting first component 
where we've revealed the name of God, Rock of Israel, and it is uh, shown in the fear of the Lord. And so, being filled with the fear of the Lord, again, is, is comparable to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the second component. We continue to identify the name of God, Rock of Israel. Second, second lot in the virtue of the name of God, Rock of Israel, within the heart of a student of Christ, is identified in our great origin, which uh, members us to Zion, which has uh, has God in it. Isaiah 51, 1 through 3. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord will comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and the it says, The Lord is the rock of Israel in the form of Zion. And the phrase, for the Lord will comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody is the result that the category of people will inherit who were hewn from the rock to be able to fulfill the conditions necessary to understand the reason for why Zion, the member of whom we are, ended up in ruins. And so the reason, again, for why Zion ended up in ruins is that God intended to destroy in our bodies the stronghold of death in the form of the old man. And the second reason for why Zion ended up in ruins is because in the matter of time, in Zion, there are sinners. At this time, in Zion, there are sinners. And this is why then Zion uh, ended up in ruins. And so after he destroys it, or put or makes it in ruins, or make ensures that it is in ruins, he will then restore it. And there's no other way for the Lord to deliver us for the Lord to deliver us from the old man. He will not be able to deliver his inheritance, his body, with. Uh, from the lawless and wicked, we need. He needs to allow certain events, uh, circumstances where uh, the Israelites needed to pass over the the Red Sea, uh, and the Egyptians needed to follow so that he can submerge all, and 
we have death in the form of the old man in our bodies and to thrust him out into hell is to leave him at the bottom it's not that God will just take him out pull him out and he said the Lord says that I will with noise thrust out the law of sin and death and the old man at this time already needs to be in the state of death in hell And when the time comes, the, str- the stronghold of death will become the stronghold of life. We need, to le- we need to leave him on the bottom. And when we are submerged into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and are resurrected, the old man does not resurrect, he remains. But death still is present within our bodies as the law of sin and death. Because the time has not yet come for the promise to be fulfilled, but the old man needs to remain on the bottom. If he is here and God's not going to just take him and pull him out. In the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to leave him upon the cross. And everything that needs to then remain is a small grain of sand that will need to be then wrapped uh, with this nacre and it's not the old man the small grain of sand is that part that uh, decays but we've already received in corruption for our bodies and that small grain of sand is not the old man this is a law that still is present in our body that is not inherent to God the old man is already in the state of death. He will never resurrect. Baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire uh, died for your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires. And all that remains is memory of the death, is wrinkles upon my eyes, wrinkles, uh, gray hair. That's what remains. This is the only other sign by which you can determine that you're a person and the time has not yet come and instead of the stronghold of death he will then erect the stronghold of life but we need to take care that in this nacre there just be one thing remain and that is the law of sin and death and it was uh, prepared for the old man but the old man is now in the state of death as he was submerged in the death of Jesus Christ. And you thank God for the body that you have in Jesus Christ. Proclaim the not existent as existent. And to proclaim the not existent as existent doesn't mean that it's not there, but I say it is. To proclaim the not existent as existent, meaning that it is existent in the spirit, but not existent. Uh, in the physical because if you don't believe that it's in the spirit but you're just uh, stating things that are not existing but as if they are that that's a form of an occult thing but if you, if you know that it is in the spiritual world 
uh, then you proclaim it already as existent, but not exist in the, in the physical world. The existing in Jesus Christ, in the spirit, as existing already here, in the visible realm. And so people say, well, I just proclaim what uh, what's not existing as existing because pastor said so. Pastor has placed this uh, great uh, mystery in us, and we need to understand it. Uh, proclaiming the not existent as existent is existent in the spiritual world, but not yet existent in the physical world where we see it. This not existent in the physical world needs to be existing somewhere. It's in Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus Christ, if it is in my heart, and in what format? In the format of the fruit of righteousness. Let's look, let's look at how God comforts Zion. The first component, giving God the ability to comfort Zion, the, a member of whom we are, is to listen to God by listening to his messengers. So your, your faith obeys God's faith. And so you need to believe the word that... We hear, that's how God comforts Zion. Isaiah 51, 4 through 7. Listen to me, my people, and give ear to me, O my nation, for law will proceed from my mouth, and I will make my justice rest as a light of the peoples. My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait upon me, and on my arm they will trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like smoke. The earth will grow old like a garment. And those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will not be abolished. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of men nor be afraid of their insults. Next component, giving God the ability to comfort Zion. We, we speak of the fact that we are Zion and that the Lord needed to uh, bring to Zion to, to ruin for the reason so that he can then comfort and restore, resurrect Zion. And in this comfort, he then resurrects us. The second component, giving God the ability, the legitimate ability to comfort Zion, which is us, that is to show in your faith a strive to righteousness and to change your priorities and so that the what was previously uh, a benefit or, or be, a, a priority for us or a preference for us that we consider as nothing and choose what is righteous. Philippians 3, 7 and lower. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith Christ, faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. For if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have 
already attained it or am al already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And so again, the Lord comforts when we search for righteousness by faith. And being justified, we seek for him in righteousness, seek him as he found, as he found us, and to find him as we he has found us. We need to find the right place. You may say Beth Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jerusalem, Wormer, Golgotha, yes. He, f he found us, uh, all of our nationalities, all of us. He found all of us on Golgotha. Apostle Paul says, Will I find him as he found me? Will I be found in him and be conformed to his death so that it be, may be conformed to him in his resurrection? As he, And so when I will be Jesus said, uh, "When I will be lifted up, I will be. I will. I will draw many to myself." He says. Jesus spoke. An interesting uh, second way in which the Lord comforts us. Third component: giving God the ability to comfort Zion, the member of whom we are. It is necessary to search for the Lord while we can and call upon Him while He is close. Second Chronicles fifteen one two. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. How are we comforted by the Lord? We are comforted when we seek the Lord. If we seek him, he will be found by us, if we leave him, he will leave us also and not be a comfort to us. Fourth component, giving God the ability to comfort Zion or the ruins of Zion, which we are, <clears throat> and the member of whom we are, is to look at the stone from which we were hewn. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and so our hope is founded upon our trust is, is founded upon hope and our hope upon the faith teaching. And so here's the process that Apostle Paul is talking about, so that we can look upon the, the rock from which we were hewn, that's Jesus Christ, and look at our origin. And this happens, we need to do by faith and confession. Fifth component, giving God the ability to comfort us, uh, comfort Zion is to look at Abraham as our father and Sarah who bore us 
and that's when he had called him and had blessed him and increased him. If you remember that he had called him from Haran, and Abraham left Haran together with Sarah. And we know that Rebekah was taken from Haran as well. Uh, Leah and Rachel were also from the area of Haran. And Haran is that place where the, the these several different uh, close to the borders of different countries where they where they were separating, and Rachel, Leah, all of them made the choice to uh, go to the promised land. A very important component also, and the sixth component, giving God the ability to comfort Zion, the member of whom we are, is have evidence of our organic membership to Zion. And we will be able to demonstrate this uh, this uh, being partaker of Zion by praying right now. May the Lord pr- bless us in our prayers. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the great privilege to be upon this place where there's a memory of your name, a remembrance of your name. It is upon this place because upon this place there's hope, there's a treasury of hope, your truth, your word, your word which you have magnified above all your name. And today, Lord, for us to collaborate with your name, Lord, you are our strength, we magnify your word and we magnify you in your word and by doing so the Holy Spirit received the legitimate ability to become the Lord and Master of our life. Every time when we come and we magnify your word, the Holy Spirit reveals himself in his power, in his might and we thank you for that. We thank you that you've allowed us to hear your word today, the word that comforts us, that corrects us, And we believe these are those weights and scales that we need to weigh ourselves upon. This is that word that we hear. And we thank you for the examples that you have shown us. As the examples as your messengers that you send, those that you have placed in your churches to be your examples. Thank you for your might, the might of your word and the Holy Spirit. And the fear that uh, also is in the f- that fills the your messenger and that also has now filled our hearts as well. And your fear, the fear of the Lord, is your atmosphere. The state of our heart has this fear because we tremble before your word. We have magnified your word, and we are humble, humbled before your words and you allow us today to collaborate with you in your name rock of israel from which we are hewn we pray that you hewn us from the stone that you make us in the likeness of the stone in the likeness of jesus christ thank you that you perform this work we pray together with your messengers we want to find you as you have once found us we don't want to find you in some uh, 
uh, next to the White House or on the Red Square or wherever else, or Maidan, wherever it may be. We, you, you found us on Golgotha together and allow us to die together with you, die for our nation, the house of our father, and for our corrupt desires, so that we can know not just the death of the Lord, but also the power of his resurrection, and to have the legitimate right to thank you for the enthroning of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies. We thank you for the revelation of the door of our hope. We thank you that the revelation of this great mystery, the only one memory we will have of the presence of death that was in us are these uh, wrinkles and gray hairs. Everything else will be ready to <clears throat> move on to eternal life. And we pray, Lord, that you perform this mighty work with your word and that you, the rock of Israel, would speak in our heart. And we speak today these words together with you, together with the rock of Israel, and we thank you, rock of Israel, for the comfort with which you comfort your Zion and the ruins. Thank you for the comfort that you comfort us with. We pray that your uh, celebration of resurrection can reveal itself in our bodies and the body of Jesus Christ in your church so that your saints would be able to shine in your kingdom and this according to the words of Jesus Christ you said that all that you have bound into sheaves needs to be burned so that your saints can then shine in your kingdom and Lord I pray may your saints shine in your kingdom and may everything be done so that they may shine and be prepared to meet the King of Kings and Lord of Lords we thank you for the fear that is in our heart today for the fear of the Lord that we have received as sons as students <clears throat> we can't just take it we have to receive it and we receive this fear of the Lord and we rejoice in the atmosphere <clears throat> atmosphere of the fear of the Lord we can wait for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that when people say stones and cliffs fall upon us we'll say come Lord Jesus we thank you for the atmosphere of the King of the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord that's in this place thank you for our pastor Arkady by whom you have passed on these wonderful truths to us and have made accessible to us we thank you Lord and we pray for him that the word that comes from his heart from his mouth the word that, that healed us that comforted us, lifted us up, 
so that word can also serve as a comfort for him. That word that we will speak addressing him. We pray and we believe in your word that it will come to pass. Although you tarry, Lord, but you said it will come to pass. You will wait for it and we wait for your promises. We wait that you reveal, you show this celebration in the body of our pastor so that it be absolutely restored as never before as you promised to restore Zion. May he be restored before your face, the body of this holy person and all the saints that today are in weaknesses and illnesses, in ruins, so that you would give us healing, so that this healing would be the rays of righteousness, sun of righteousness that has risen in our heart. We don't want to just receive healing as a gift. We want this healing to come as a fruit, a form of fruit, so that this healing would be the rays of that sun that has risen upon the sky of our heart in the fruit of righteousness, where you will not just heal us, <clears throat> but in the fruit of which the stronghold of death will become the stronghold of life and resurrection, and in its place you will al- there will always be your, your life and resurrection your youth, your glory. <clears throat> we we pray for the service. Thank you for the words we were able to remember today, the words you've put into our heart. <clears throat> From your messengers, and today, because of the service of your waters, it can access our heart, our, our mind, our soul. We know, Lord, that you have a lot of truth that need to become the possession of your people and also be upon the table of showbreads. We with hunger and trembling will wait when you will again place upon our table of showbreads your truth, your revelations from your messenger. We pray and we thank you today for the bread that you allow us to eat today that it become a possession of our spirit, our mind, our soul, and our mouth. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.